Hey, Steve. Chris. <laughs> it always does. Discord is so broken. It always does that thing where it's like, as soon as you start saying, it's like, hey, hey Chris. It's like, <laughs> the, just I, that I, try to get further, I try to get further away from the mic so I wouldn't like blow it out or anything, but apparently it doesn't work. Maybe you just got to ASMR. You got to be like, Right into the mic. Um, Chris. Oh. (laughs) Um, And now you are banned on YouTube. Well, I'm not on YouTube. So. (laughs) That's because you're banned. (laughs) Funny how that works, huh? Uh, That's why I haven't uploaded in over two years. Um, (laughs) I took control of your YouTube channel. And and of course, yeah. Things happen. So the third person, sounding more clear than ever, uh, is our buddy Joey, of course, joining in. What's up? Um, I, yeah, I don't sound like I'm in a I'm in a cave. <laughs> so we're... Know, I, I I actually broke out the microphone because my phone that I normally use has been updated. I got a new one. Doesn't have a headphone jack. None of them do. I still no, find that sad. Oops, a shame. I mean, they still make headphones with headphone jacks, so I don't know why, but you you, you got to get an attachment. You got to get the USB microphone jack converter. But uh, as we grab about old man stuff, uh, we actually have a conversational grab bag today. We've yeah, got buddy. a lot of games. We actually have more we could talk about, but um, decided to cut it a little, cut it down a little bit. I think... Overall, though, our buddy Steve might have the most number of games. I think you've been juggling the most games at once. I have been juggling kind of like three games at once currently is is how I've been doing it. Uh, I've got a little system that's mostly working. So, yeah. um, I've been playing basically how my system works right now is usually in the morning I wake up and make my coffee and I sit with my Switch and play whatever I'm playing on my Switch. Uh, in the evenings or like weekend afternoons, I've got something that I'm playing on PS5 or Xbox that my kids are watching me play typically. And then later in the evenings, I've got something that's not kid-friendly, maybe not particularly <laughs> wife-friendly. Uh, so it's, it's proven to be a pretty good system. Uh, so right now, I just finished up the um fire emblem three houses on switch i'm really happy with my playthrough and i don't know if i'll do another one but i I may someday i started up east nine that one didn't really stick so i went back to xenoblade chronicles which i put about 30 hours into on the all right hold on hold on on, because now we got to get the 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 xenoblade because this i anticipated this being a big one because i've actually I mean, I played and beat Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition last year. I don't think we'll be able to do a spoiler cast because I finished that like early last year. Or was it early this year? Crap, it all blends together. But... I remember you talking about it, but I don't remember if it was last year or this year either. <laughs> I know, it all blends together. Uh, but no, I've, I'm pretty COVID. sure it was last year. I'm pretty sure it was last year. And I finished it. So it's been a long time. But. It was, you know, a pretty ge- good game. So I'm actually interested in hearing uh, what you've been thinking of Xenoblade so far. And it is the first one, right? Definitive edition? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, definitive edition of Xenoblade Chronicles 1. Yeah. It's interesting coming back. I remember, I mean, I probably at this point, it was more than 10 years ago 
that I played a good chunk of the game on Switch. And I'm You mean Wii U? We on Wii, yeah, not yeah. On the original it was original Wii. Wii or Wii U, okay, yeah. Yeah. I think it was original Wii. So I'm not sure what was what are changes from definitive edition and what is just me not remembering things. It's you know, it's one of these games where like I feel like my my flow is let me get every single side quest and then do every single side quest and then I guess I'll advance the story a little bit. And uh it's it's interesting, it's different because it's more of a you know, western style combat, I guess you would call it. MMO. What it's MMO style. MMO yeah. style. Oh, sh- hold on, 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 hold on. For some reason, Streamlabs, I'm trying to adjust the volume and Streamlabs is stupid. Um, sorry about that. Go ahead. It is MMO style, but it just makes me think a little bit more of the some of the older Western RPGs as well. So for me, I guess I haven't really played a lot of MMOs a lot, so I don't know. I think more of like the those Black Isle, old Bioware games and that sort of thing, Neverwinter Nights or Baldur's Gate or something. So it makes you I think because it's very hot bar. It's very hot bar based. It's very hot bar because right. your your characters yeah. are taking automatic actions and then you inject yourself to do abilities and stuff with a hot bar. And so position, what makes it fun for me is the positioning element. Because if it was right. just hot bar stuff, it would get really, really boring. But because it's all about like, okay, you want to do this attack from the side or this attack from behind. If you combine this kind of attack with this uh, brand of rock, it's almost like a rock, paper, scissors, but it's more of a form, not a formula. Like it's a process. Like if you hit with this kind of attack, then follow with this kind of attack, you inflict this status ailment. And while that status ailment is impacted, if you do this kind of attack and you have some control over that during certain times... But otherwise, it's kind of like, all right, I sure hope my other party members know when to do this stuff. Like, <laughs> Right, that's, that's all- one thing I keep on yeah. running into is like, if you do break and then, then you, then, uh, you know, if um, Shulk does break, then Ryan can do a topple with his next move. While Ryan, down, I believe. Yeah, we'll, we'll like, we'll consistently use his topple ability while I'm charging up my break ability. And so not actually topple the the enemy and that kind of stuff, but it's so yeah, it's, it's fun. The, the story is, I, I remember that being like the whole setting being really cool to me. The idea of this whole world on two giant mechs that are, you know, locked in, eternally in the position where they killed each other uh, kind of thing that, you know, and the, the mystery of the mechons and all of that. And also it's cool. Just the random stuff, the British act, the British accents throw me a little bit. Really? Because you're not used to, I guess I, you play so many JRPGs and the English voice cast is always American. So when they're British, it's like, whoa, this is weird. Like, this is one of those things where I can't tell. It's like, did they hire real actors for this? I say, as I make oh, people like real get British really, actors. really, really angry at me as I suggest anime voice actors aren't real actors. But no, it's, that's the thing. It's like, 
I feel like there are scales of voice work quality because like if you listen to the people like this is the thing like I realized I didn't really like dubs that much because I compared even to like Batman the animated series voice acting or going back to Batman Beyond or like the Animaniacs voice acting and it's like yeah so the British like Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition is one of the only games I will play with a dub instead of the Japanese voice language and like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 might very well be the same way um now Xenoblade Chronicles 2 I think uses a typical you know anime industry voice acting team and while you do have I mean I, I don't want to say it's like it's difficult usually in that industry because you got to do the mouth syncing the lip syncing but on the whole, I feel like you, you just watched a clip of Star Ocean Five the other day. Yes, I did, and boy oh, howdy, man. do the lip syncing. Oh. Boy howdy, does that only? <laughs> that's one of Dude. those like. Here's why we use subtitles. Like that. That's Exhibit A for why I choose subs over dubs. Like, but that's that choose most things by Square Enix for that. Oof, and, yeah, and they wouldn't offer it. Then they wouldn't make it available. But that's uh, that's the thing. Like, that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> yeah, but that that's the thing. Like with Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, it's like it it is like a. I don't think about the fact that it's a dub. Is the best way I can put it, and that to me is the sign. Like most anime, I listen to it. It's like, oh yeah, that's a dub. JRPGs, I listen to most of them. Oh yeah, that's a dub. But then Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, or again, like Xenoblade Chronicles Three, I watch the trailers, and it's like I don't even think about the fact that it's a dub of a Japanese game. Because the voice acting sounds so natural. It sounds so appropriate. It sounds as if the game were developed with that voice acting in mind. Um, so, yeah. yeah this I, think is... it's, I think it's just the whole overacting aspect of it. Because it, uh, when you really think about it, a lot of you know dubbed anime does have that overacting quality. And it's, it's like... Like in like it's the either overacted, it's either overacted or is that no, you can't tell me Takeshi was the one that betrayed me. Why? Like, I mean, not not every anime is Naruto or Bleach. But, you know, <laughs> which, by the way, bottom tier. Yeah, I said it. Oh well, yeah, Bleach is just a bad Yu Yu Hakusho. <laughs> Moving well, on. <laughs> okay, let's let's not get too conversational. Grab bag here. <laughs> But no, like that. I mean, that that is the thing. Like, yeah, you're right. The 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 voice acting here. Well, I'm assuming you are about to compliment the voice acting here. Yes, I definitely think the voice acting is is excellent. Yeah, and that might actually be kind of what it is. Is that it? It feels very natural. It doesn't feel like you're playing the dub. It feels like you're playing the game. And that's typically. I mean, I feel like a lot of AAA voice work is like this but this might be you know kind of a cut above even a lot of the triple a voice work in in these in a translation in a dub no i will admit too i've always wondered if it's just that i can't tell what bad british accent like i probably can tell what a bad british accent dub is i'm pretty sure i've actually seen clips on youtube of some phenomenal Here, I, I have a pro ones, tip for that but uh -oh. i have a pro tip for you uh a bad british accent is one you can understand <laughs> a, a good British accent no. takes a little takes a little bit of thinking. Nah, uh, nah, I won't go. That's, that not even a, that's not even a joke. Like, I like <laughs> it, it, it is dependent on on the region, but you know, it, it it's like water bottle 
and I know I'm, <laughs> I'm pronouncing it like an American versus water bottle. No, that's just Cockney, though. That's not that's not the prim and proper kind of gentlemanly. Well, that's not a British accent. See, and that's what I meant. See, I that's can't do a British accent. To. That's the thing. If I try and do a British accent, I sound Australian and not at the same time. I sound like an amalgamation of bad accents. But anyway, this is off topic of our <laughs> multi-topic. So did you have anything else you wanted to say about Xenoblade real quick? Actually, I have a question for you. How far are you real quick? I'm not that far. I just... I got approximately to... hours or maybe what part of the Bionis you are on or um I just like we're we're just headed to just did a whole bunch of side quests and we're headed to colony six like we just found that I found out that colony six was destroyed and is now occupied by the mecha and we're headed to colony six right now okay yeah to... that's that's right, definitely further than I am yeah, it's yeah. not very far in you. I will say, honestly, this stretch of the game from Colony 9 to Colony 6, it's weird to say, but I feel like this early part is the best part of the game, in terms of narrative, at least. Um, the my We could probably talk about it more in depth later, but my biggest issue with Xenoblade felt like... Your main guy was such a good well-rounded. Actually, your first team, right? Because you've got Shulk, Ryan, and um, Sharla. Um, oh, now I've got Sharla, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've got that. That is a perfect team. You got your healer. You got your tank, and you got your de- DPS. And and like everyone else is sort of like a fusion character, where you end up having not really great strength in any one category. So most of the game, I tried switching it up when, when I could, but I ultimately preferred that starter group of Sharla, uh, Ryan, and Shulk. And trying to play some of the other characters, uh, Shulk's just decent as a all-rounder kind of a guy. Like, it's it's... The game gives you so many hours in which you can experiment, but in the end, it's like it feels best to just stick in that rut. And maybe you'll find different. Maybe you'll find a team that you're like, no, nah, man, these guys are great for me. But for me, like most of the game, I just stuck with that main team. Like, I again, sw- swapped out when I could every once in a while, but none, like, I, I would constantly end up running into issues. And then I'd switch right back to that, that original trio. And it was like, oh, wow, yeah, these guys get the job done. Perfect. My one, my one fear is just that remembering that I was probably thirty hours in, and that I wasn't even halfway through the game at thirty hours in last time. Sort of. I mean, I was actually a lot further (laughs) when I played on the Wii than I remembered than I thought I would be. It didn't actually take me a hundred hours to beat the game. Then again, you're doing a lot of side quests, and I did a number of them, and they do have some subtle quality of life changes that they did so it's easier to track them easier to deliver them stuff like that but at the same time it's still just kind of like they're just kind of there i mean the side quests are the opposite of the witcher here like the witcher 3 it's like a quest is very involved here go grab some things and you don't even have to deliver it you're just done here's your experience i mean the the way that's the way especially with the definitive edition quality of life changes like most side quests are basically like collect all the side quests, then walk from one end of the map to the other. And it has all of the icons there. So you're like, can see, oh, that's an item I need for this side quest. You grab it. Oh, side quest completed. Thank you. And oh, those are the monsters I need to kill for this side quest. And so you kill them as you walk 
towards your objective and it you just sort of like yeah it's all very quick and for me it's all about making sure that uh because i tend to start sucking at these kinds of games making sure that my leveling is good so that if i suck at the game i can still <laughs> make it through without having to then spend dedicated time grinding basically that's that was my approach to uh uh what's it called uh tales of arise yeah <laughs> i would i would do enough to get by but that game was also pretty easy uh to uh to like get over leveled yeah i th- i was pretty over leveled in that by the end and i've been playing having played a couple other tales games i don't know Vesperia well, was like the opposite, but anyway. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's actually move on and let's switch over. Joey, why don't you while we get out of get this out of the way, your little portal two on switch oh no story. <laughs> Alright, so um I like what like the day that it came out, I got Portal and Portal 2. I got the companion collection on Switch. Portal one, man, that game is still awesome. That game is great. Incredible. Um, yeah, I I adore that game and being able to play it on the Switch on the go is baller. Like that's that's so cool, and it's also got like additional challenger maps that I've never done before. So there's some extra oh, content. There you go. And, yeah, worth getting back into. Uh, finished that you know rather quickly, uh, and then I moved on to Portal Two, which I never played the single player of, um, and I'm it, it runs really good on the Switch. Uh, that game looks surprisingly good. Uh, so I'm playing it and playing it, playing it. Crash. Ooh. So I'm like, okay, all right. Well, don't I'll tell me it doesn't auto save. Don't tell me it doesn't auto save. Uh, it does. But like, I also would save often, and I would save fairly often. Um. All right. So it didn't delete. So it wasn't too much of a problem for me. But then I would fire it back up, play like play for another 15 minutes, crash. And then Uh-oh. I was like, oh, hmm. What's happening here? And then I would I'd play I'd play a little bit longer, and it would crash again. So my first, I have not had a game on the Switch that would that has crashed this many times. My first um, question, honestly, is how hot is your system getting? Not at all. Like, so, especially playing in portable mode, so because like, it's not in the dock, just overheating. <laughs> okay, so overheating is not really a potential problem. Nah. Interesting. Portal Two yeah. may have a bad, uh, bad switch port. The first one doesn't, we, of course, but yes, yeah, the first one works fine. No, that is what kind of saying? a gasp. Like Valve is usually really good, but huh? I wonder if there's something else going on. Because, like, have you have you looked online to see if anyone else is having issue with uh, Portal Two crashing on Switch a lot? No, because like it's it's um. I don't know. I, I I didn't I didn't bother to look into it because I'm not I'm not too upset and I'm like yeah it'll it'll probably get fixed at some point and then I got distracted by other games, um as per usual, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's definitely concerning because if I'm playing co-op, I don't want that to happen at all. Yeah, co-op would be really really bad. So you know that that's kind of my thought process. There is, is like okay, well I don't want to. I definitely don't want to deal with this when playing online with someone or split screen for that matter, um, which is still a nice feature that they have. I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, a little a little concerning, but I, I'm not I'm not too upset by it because like it, it is also portal. It's not like it's not like I was playing I don't know, something that was super intensive and I and you know, like I'm like gritting my teeth and sweating, like my hands are just like just making the controller absolutely drenched. It's it's nothing like that. So when it crashes, I'm like, huh, okay. Um <laughs> so yeah. That, um that still kind of stinks though. No, I'm just saying, like that still kind of stinks, but Yeah, it's um it's it's never it's never a good thing when when you play a game and and the port job is a little is a little meh, you know. Well, I, um, I had started playing Knights of the Old Republic two and then read that there's a completely game breaking bug late in there later in the game. I'm like, and oh, I'm still not cool. sure they fixed that. I think they got closer to it, but I'm not sure they did. Oof. I think they introduced a workaround or they informed of a workaround, but I don't think they actually fixed that yet. That's so then what, I guess it's just sort of like, oh, I hear like Portal 2 is crashing all the time. I'm like, oh, I am so surprised. <laughs> yeah, like, because, you know, it, it, it's because luckily in every other uh, aspect, it, it's it's it runs great. So, you know, it, it plays a OK uh, outside of co-op because I can't speak to that yet. It's just always unfortunate. Like it, it's always great when you see a switch port, but then you're always like, "Hmm, but how's it going to run though?" Um, but because it's an older game, I expected it to run fairly well, and it does. Uh, but yeah. The, but the crashing, and especially because it, it's not like it, it's not one of those crashes you see coming. It just happens. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you, all of a sudden things are slowing down, getting choppy, and then boom! Like like when we were playing Halo Two the other day, and all of a sudden. Yeah, what the hell crazy. About? And then suddenly we're booted out of the game and it's like, okay, let's try again. Um Yeah, it was nothing like that. It was just like, you know, it uh it needed like um Oh my god, like like there there was this great sound effect that I that I remember hearing. It was like a rubber ducky getting stepped on. Oh the whack whack. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> I know that sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> just whack, crash. It's like, oh, okay. You know what? That that should be a thing for every for every game that crashes, like like on console. When when it, when it crashes on console, it should just do that. Just all of a sudden, <laughs> at the very least on Switch, it would be very appropriate for Switch. It would be. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that that's my that was my Portal experience. Um, I've also started uh, playing. Uh, 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 uh. What? Well, wait. Oh. We remember, it's a round table. We go one person to the next. Oh, Don't hog it all. What are you all right. playing right now? Well, yes, one of the things I've been playing is I got into the Exoprimal Closed Network Test. Oh, Dude, yeah. Dude, I'm mega jealous. Mega jealous. Well, uh, the my sec- I didn't get to stream the second round, and I'm going to be honest. I did only played like three rounds, and I was a little bit more... Uh, uh, I was a little bit less excited. Uh, part of it, I was more tired when I played it, so there is that admittedly. But... No, the greater issue was the I, I think the meta started to become a thing. But to, oh. to to back up though, like my first night, like I even wrote about it on my blog. Like, here's the list of things that I'm enjoying, but here's the list of concerns that I have, and I hope they can uh that they can address, right? Um because my first the my my first the the first closed network night, I got to play quite a bit as some of the different classes. I didn't the ones I mostly stuck with were the regular 
you know, machine gun tier, the orange guy. Um, and then Roadblock, who is the Reinhardt of the group. And they were both very fun roles for me. The melee guy, uh, not as big on, and I'm not a very good medic. The medic does have a decent amount of offensive capability, though. Like he does a lot. He does like a good stun move with a lot with his shooting. Um, okay. He's probably a lot more useful than most healing support types. But um, of course, the voice acting is very, very annoying. I don't know if it's the voice acting that's annoying so much as the writing. Um, and combined with both, like one of the guys. Sounds like Paul Rudd just, you know, trying to be a ninja. Stay there over and over. Um, <laughs> nice. So it's like, I, I like this is a game I would normally not put to Japanese voice, but I might put the Japanese voice. Because it's like, it's not like we were talking about earlier, right? Where you can tell it's a dub. It's just more, I find, I find listening to these people very annoying. And if it's in it's Japanese, probably- it might be easier to tune it out. Um, it's probably one of those things like in Overwatch, and I don't know how much really this there is there. The voice cues are super important because they tell you things like, like you know, no, one of Diva's voice no. lines is "Watch out, sniper!" No, and it lets you know that there's a sniper no somewhere near Diva. This is or, not that know. case. The closest you get is Roadblock will say stuff about how much shield he has, and that's fine. Right. Like that's yeah. like no, none of that's annoying at all to hear. No, this is every time this guy performs a specific attack, he goes "Stay there," and it happens every time. And I'm annoyed hearing myself say it. Right, <laughs> like just saying it myself. I'm like, oh gosh, oh, I'm sorry to everyone listening right now. It sounds so awful. Um, so like, but no, like the actual core of the gameplay, like the fighting the dinosaurs is great. Um, doing like the, like they do have a decent amount of different missions. Most of it is like, okay, fighting the Triceratops is fun fighting the, um, like the most annoying ones are the made up ones that do the sniping or explosions. Um, cause they're just there and a little bit damaged spongy but not too bad. Like you have your powers, they have decent enough cooldown that you're regular, regularly using them. But by the second closed network test, some of my fears started to kind of come to fruition. Part of it is. So when you're playing roadblock, you expect to be at the front of the line, blocking dinosaurs and everyone else kind of hanging back behind you. Only the melee guy is melee. Therefore he has to get up close which means usually the melee guy is charging way ahead and you can sit there and you can as roadblock and you can try and aggro the dinosaurs to you, but you're just sitting there like with a pittance of raptors charging into your shield doing like nothing because the melee guy's already killing a bunch of them. And then the other guys are shooting them all. So it's like, okay, what's my job again? (laughs) And I'm wondering if this is something that needs to be tweaked or what, because Roadblock felt very useful to play as in the early ones, but then later it's like, okay, I guess I'm just punching dinosaurs. And that's Roadblock does not feel fun to play as someone that's trying to kill dinosaurs. He sounds better as someone to play as someone that's like supporting in that he's drawing attention away and everyone else is working around him. Like Roadblock feels like he should be leading the group. And that's the other issue that happened in the, cause by the next closing network test, I was really wanting teamwork. 
I was mm. really wanting to work with other people. And when you've got nothing but randos that you're playing with, it's like everyone's doing their own thing and you can't really try and communicate what you're trying to do. And this really I mean, so becomes, this is, sorry, I was just, I, this really becomes ahead. a problem when most matches end in a PVP portion. I, if you're a fan uh, of Gambit, I think you're going to think Exoprimal is the Gambit improvement you've been looking for because it's a very similar idea, has more of a race element to it, but at the very end of it, you still got that player versus player. Um, it's at least a similar spin on that whole PVE VP portion that Gambit and uh, Destiny had. But if you're not communicating with your team, trying to fight another team. And that's the thing. I'm starting to get the feeling that there's a meta starting to evolve. People were getting really good at speeding through what maps were available, what missions were available. And then they were getting really good at knowing how to take out the other enemy team. And I couldn't help but wonder if I was getting like, if I was getting matched with randos with no communication and other people happened to be friends or whatever that were together in a voice chat or something like it had that feeling to me. I felt like I was going up against people that were communicating with each other. And that made the second, and that's the thing. Like when this game releases, if this is like the bulk of what you have in your game, gameplay types, your gameplay modes, you're going to have a lot of people get sick of it really quick because whatever the meta is, people are going to start doing. And if you're not dedicated so much to be on the Reddit, to be reading this stuff, to be, you know, studying everything, like you're going to not want to play anymore. And that's going to be a really big missed opportunity because the PVE element is really good. If you get more of that PVE element, you create more var- like variety there. You've got a game that people can come back to like Left 4 Dead. Right now, I'm I I want to play I I do want to play more of this game with friends. Um and lights just flickered out, so I have no idea of my uh powers at risk. Uh you so, um <laughs> you, you went silent for a second. You went silent for just a here. moment. All right. Uh, yeah, so there's Stream a possibility because of storms, there's a strong possibility. Well, there is a possibility the power will go out here. It is the summer. Lots of brownouts and other stuff happen. Um, so <laughs> hopefully the stream will keep going for the whole time, but no, to, um, to get to, to get to the point, Exoprimal kind of does have me worried now. Like the first, the first, the first time the worry was all gone. I played for two hours with complete strangers. And at the end, like, like two days later, I was like, man, I want to play more exoprimal. It's like, I want to play something. I'm in the mood to play something. I'm not in the best mood. I want to play exoprimal. I can't because it's only open for a certain window. And so this like going in there and having a much less enjoyable time was a disappointment. I'm still going to do the third closed network test. Um, but after I, that, I, oh, go ahead. I was just saying, this sounds like an issue that's going to be resolved when you have a million people playing the game and not whatever number of people they invited to their closed network test. Uh, Maybe. That, I mean, again, Maybe, like yeah. any, well, any, and then also the fact that you can recruit your friends 
to play with you and communicate. Assuming you've got happy. four friends that are all playing. Like, I don't even know if this has cross is going to have cross platform, right? If this I, doesn't I have, have cross, absolutely cross platform. So if it doesn't and have cross platform, I would get it on Xbox. That's the thing. If it doesn't have cross platform, you need to have four friends playing it on the same system, or at you least you like four friends. If you've got three friends or two friends, and you can have a you know a, a partial stack, that's going to make a big difference. If say you're, I don't know anything about the game, but if you're playing, you know, melee, roadblock, and healer. And you can coordinate well between those three characters. It's see, my just impression is that it's it's going to be a lot better than playing with a full team of randos. It could be. Um, I mean, granted, just playing with friends, even if like two, it's like you and one other friend are having a bad night. The fact that you're at least having it with that other friend makes it better automatically. But yeah, I mean, I granted, think about it how I like how I used to play Overwatch uh, with with friends would be like. It would be me and two other dudes, occasionally a fourth, uh, and we would have our thing that we would always do, uh, and then the rest of the team can can kind of do their thing, and we would we still, you know, call shots and uh, yeah, uh, and make plays and coordinate with them if we weren't in party chat, but that that made it a lot easier. It is funny so, too. It, it could work here. It is funny too, though, that you have. Like we were just griping about like aliens fire team elite having just a fire team of three, right? It's like for a while, like a bunch of games have like only three in their fire team, and we're like, why can't you have four? What's wrong with just one more person? We have another person that could play with us. Why not just one more? And now all of a sudden, there's a game with five people, and it's like, oh my goodness, do I even know that many people? <laughs> um, I mean, that's that's probably half the reason why Overwatch. It was like, okay, Overwatch 2, it's only teams of five now. It's 5v5. Screw <laughs> that 6v6 nonsense. What do you yeah. do? For reasons. It's like, I'm sorry. We thought our players had friends. Uh, sorry for make, <laughs> m- making that mistake. Or, or, you know, you could be like Fortnite where, you know, you've got solos, duos, trios, squad. Uh, and then you can have up to 16 people and play modes like Team Rumble where you've got like 25 on a team. Um, but, you know. Okay, as as long as you, I, I need you to stop talking about Overwatch. Uh, let's go and get you talking about Tales Fortnite ta- or Fortnite, Fortnite, whatever, any of them. Let's get you talk about Tales of Berseria instead. Ooh, Tales <laughs> of Berseria, yeah. You don't want to talk about you want to talk about Tales Tales of Berseria or Stray. We'll start with Tales of Berseria because I'm actually a little bit more excited about Tales of Berseria. So this game is straight up bonkers. Uh, this <laughs> is like the. I love this game. It's it's so good. This is like I guess what the fourth Tales game I'm playing. Yeah, uh, Zillia, Arise, Vesperia, and now Berseria. I played both Berseria and whatever the one that sucks is uh, for like I don't know about thirty minutes, and I decided to stick with. Berseria it's funny because the two the one that sucks the two Tales of games I have played, you have not. Tales of, or at least to completion, I should say. Tales of Symphonia and Tales of the Abyss. Um, mm. Those you have not played, and yet you've played so many other Tales games but those. I find that amusing. Yes. Um, so anyway, so this, from the games that I've played, so like Vesperia, you kind of, you play an anti-hero, but it's not quite as much of an anti-hero as Berseria. 
And just the whole, like, the whole tone and everything else of the game, it just, it's refreshingly, like, I don't know what the word is. Joe, you got a word for this game? Like, uh, you play a cursed demon woman who devours her enemies to get stronger. But somehow she's the good guy. Yeah, I, I I'm just gonna say it's edgy. It, it's just edgy. It's edgy, Chunibyo. but it's edgy in like a fun way. It's not edgy. It is. In... It's Chunibyo. Is yeah. that what it is? Well, Chuni uh, is like uh, it's like some weird sort of like I don't know. It's like a middle school edge lord kind of word. I don't know exactly what it means in Japanese, but it's like people will use the term Chuni similarly to how we use edge lord, but it's I mean, different. Like it's- it's edgy in that, boy, it is dark and depressing in the beginning. But then, like, they, I don't know, like, like the game clowns I mean, all of on, the, the, main, on all, the main character's edginess. It's really funny. All of these screenshots like, are awfully colorful, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, it's colorful, and then the cast is very, is all very different. And that's yeah. something I've, I've come to appreciate about Tales games is the way that they do their the cast um, and the way they contrast different different characters. And they, they use a lot of tropes, but Berseria seems like it's it's playing with the tropes a lot. Um, like Magalu, the, like, I don't even know how to describe her at this point. Like, she's a girl wizard who's totally flighty, but also not, she's not flighty in that, like, annoying like selfie from final fantasy eight kind of way it's it's very yeah it's it's fresh that's what it feels like to me like this game came out i don't know what is it eight years ago now but it just feels it i don't know five years ago it's been a bit like i've heard people talking about it for quite a decent amount of time now yeah it's It's funny because again it's the game that is technically a spinoff from is almost universally panned by Tales of fans or JRPG fans. Like nobody likes Zysteria. Zysteria, right? Yes, Zysteria. Zysteria sucks. That's the, one, that's the one I was like, I tried the one that sucks. That was Zysteria, yeah. Dude, and nobody that likes one it. It is so bad. But then everyone likes Berseria. Like everyone plays it. They're like, oh, dude, just play this one. This one's good. And. I don't know. I find great amusement and interest in that. Yeah, it's. I'm trying to come up with the like. It's like this and this had a baby, and also the <laughs> sacrifice the baby on an altar to the devil or something. Um, <laughs> so here's a question: because you 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 said you kind of like dropped out of like yeast nine real quickly and before you told told me part of it was the uh, art style if you took the character designs of yeast nine but then put them in yeast eights environments because i'm looking at this yeah her complete like heavy metal goth raver chick halloween outfit does not fit with a surrounding setting and i look at these screenshots and yeah, you're completely like, yeah, man, this game is awesome. Granted, again, you basically said you'd uh, swap out her outfit for something. Um, you I've married man, you. DLC outfits. Um, 
you married men, you. Um, oh, it's so, so painfully dull and annoying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is I look at the witch and she does seem like a more reasonable design of the witch character or whatever that is in the last Star Ocean game. Who's like, every time I see her in a clip or a video, it's like, I remember her as being ridiculous. And yet I forget just how ridiculous her outfit is. Um, and yes, this is a much more like, this looks like a more reasonable interpretation of that. Do you get what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, that the witch costume in Star Ocean 5 is just bad on multiple levels. It's just not a good design, and it's ridiculous. Uh, Magalu is oh, man, like she she's like a jester and a witch, and just a total bitch. <laughs> yeah. that's no, that is exactly like just right. the best way this to put it. Just a total bitch. <laughs> a, she literally, she literally just tells you that like she's not coming with you. But like the way she does it, it's like she's not like she's scared of the danger or something. She's just like, like yeah, I could go in this cave with you, but I don't feel like going right now. So the rest of you can go. I'm going to stay here with the ship. Yeah. Me- meanwhile, we have Phantom Aceus in the chat who is saying, oh, yeah, we do have a storm going. There's a thunder. Who is saying, uh, what are we talking about now, Berseria? I dropped it after like two hours recently. It was so painfully dull and annoying, story-wise, character-wise, and gameplay-wise. So we have a drastic uh, disagreement with your your impression here, Steve. But, you know, you know, know I, 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 I like what I like, and this <laughs> no, again, is a ridiculous. No, again, like kind of- there's one of two things that could have happened. Either Berseria really was that much better than Justeria, and therefore Phantom Aceus is the one that's in the wrong, based on popular opinion, um, or or Justeria was so bad that any slight improvement over it will be met warmly. Now. At the same time, and you I just did played... play Berseria soon after I played Zisteria. And, but, I was, and it, dude, it was a breath of fresh air. But Steve here played Tales of Arise before Berseria. So I'm going to go ahead and guess he does not have that kind of a situation. But well, if the issue, played, if it I was Zisteria too... earlier, like, I'm between Arise and Berseria. Okay. No one is confused by these names yet. Yeah. yeah so, okay. You did make a point about the <laughs> tutorializing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was annoying. And I just found myself like trying to read the tutorials and then skipping and then hitting random buttons in combat and being like, oh, that's what that t- tutorial was talking about. And this is kind of just an issue with a lot of games these days. And especially like there's like a, especially with like a lot of JRPGs, I think. And even some games where it feels like you're three, four, th- uh, three quarters of the way through the game. And boom, there you are. You've got yourself another tutorial for something. And it feels like something that you you really couldn't you really could have known this like five hours ago. But so something I, I think that I've having, you know, in hindsight now, having played Arise, I'm actually my two older kids are playing Arise right now in parallel. They're both now in the final dungeon. Oh um, proud dad moment. But the Yeah, buddy. The like, well, there are there's a lot of crazy depth to the combat in Vesperia, 
the combat in Arise actually makes sense and is presented cleanly and it develops cleanly throughout the game in terms of how you utilize combos and arts and your, like, whatever, overdrive, mythic arts, whatever the different things are. All these other games, it really is convoluted, and Berseria is no exception there. The art system feels really convoluted, and I'm never exactly sure what I'm doing. I just... It seems to be working so far. I'm about I'm about three or four hours in at this point. Maybe no, more like four or five at this point. So it, it seems to be working, but... There, there is definitely, there are some issues with the combat in Tales games, and I kind of understand why they throw 100 tutorials at you, because Vesperia had zero tutorials, and I, I only found out how to do certain things through online guides. I had to look up the yeah. guides and say... Vesperia is oh. pretty barren of, you know, telling you how, like, how the mechanics work and how to maximize them. But, yeah... So anyway, I'm I'm really enjoying the game. I think the first hour like is worth playing just because it's a total it's a total roller coaster in the first hour. And that part that alone was just fun. All right. It's we gotta like, wrap up real quick because my finger jumped the gun and I accidentally <laughs> hit the uh the live alive uh, right, screenshot. Live alive, let's go. <laughs> live alive for Joey, because I only played oh, the crap. Ah. I only played the right, them also. Alive. Also, hold on, uh, Phantom Aces. Oh, hello to you. Um, hopefully you're not staying up too late, but thank you for joining us for the podcast uh, instead of going to sleep. Um, but yeah, Live Alive, I've only played like one of the chapters available in the demo and it was surprisingly short. So, uh, Joey, yeah, tell us about it because you, uh, right. you, you, you really sang its praises on the Discord the other day. Yeah, I, um, I, I went like complete opposite ends of the available stories because like what it is is a a series of campaigns like bite-sized adventures as uh like as an rpg i i find this game to be extremely unique and i kind of wish like i i want to play the like the super nintendo version to see how different it is and like how they managed to pull this this stuff off on that on on that console because what i'm seeing is just such a uh such a surprising gem um like for storytelling for the super nintendo it, it's telling a story that i that i didn't think could have been possible on that console um in a way that's super interesting so what i did was i started with the prehistory uh campaign um, and I kind of wish I didn't do that because I wasn't, I wasn't ready for how the game was going to present information to me. Um, yeah. so when like in the prehistory, nobody actually talks because they're like unga bunga cavemen. <laughs> um, so there's no dialogue whatsoever outside of, you know, telling you, you know, like giving you descriptions and, you know, going to the shop and stuff. There, there's other than that it's like you have a unique ability use it to progress uh and you fight and you just try to get the girl i guess like that's that's the story um i love how simple it is and then once i was done with with that campaign um i went to the distant future campaign where you play as a little robot 
which means you're going to be dealing with existentialism because that's what happens in these games. <laughs> um, what I, does it mean to be alive? Live alive. Dude, and, yeah, and it was it was doing that. Um, and I was like, uh-oh, this is going to get really heavy, isn't it? And oh, it does. Um, it is It is a story that is, um, you know, if I was, a, if this actually came out stateside and I was a kid and I experienced it, uh, it probably would have messed me up because the worst thing you can, uh, yes, near Automata, like Fanimacia says, yeah, dude, this Live Alive did it before near, and I'm and I'm sitting there like, uh oh, oh no, I'm it's just, gonna be I'm just imagining things. being a kid in America that played Live Alive and has an existential life robot, and then goes to like watch Ghost in the Shell years later and is like, oh, pff, Live Alive already did this. Like, <laughs> can I like? Can you get out from under my desk, please? My oh. cat is like, like won't leave me the hell alone. Come on, out. Oh, this ain't normal. I Here mean, the go. cat, the cat um, can tell. It's like this is unusual. He's at his desk. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's at night. Normally, he's in here during the day. But yeah, um, it's uh, I'm I'm extremely impressed with this game. The HD two D engine is beautiful. Um, the the battle system is super fun. Because it is it is a turn based battle system with a kind of with like a pseudo ATB type thing. Um, well, not not even pseudo ATB. It is ATB, but not. But it like the bars fill up based on who on the map is movement moving. and actions. Yeah, yeah. Um, See, I didn't it's... get. That's what I was gonna say. I didn't get to experience a lot of it. It's funny because. I remember back when I wanted to develop games and I was trying to write down designs on paper, I thought of a system like this and I had no, I, I had never even heard of this game. Um, not exactly, but like that idea of a sort of final fantasy with tactical squares combat. Kate, like, yeah, it, it's funny to see someone like had that take on it before I did. Um, and they actually yeah, and got normally, to make I don't it. I like these kinds know? of games. They actually got to but, make it, but the, um, no, the thing that um, I found interesting, because again, like I, I'm wondering on because you mentioned like you know the 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 prehistoric boy doesn't have any talking. And it's like that might be one of the reasons that wasn't one of the campaigns to choose. But then they yeah. chose the ninja one, and I was going to ask if you played the ninja chapter. Yet. I have not. I I'm only I have only done the uh, prehistory and the distant future so far. So um, I haven't even finished distant future, but. I'm I'm absolutely in love with this game because of its style and its manner of storytelling because this this feels like this feels like what David Cage wants to do and if he tried it might have been something like this on the Super Nintendo but this is this is such a unique way to tell a story that I'm very excited to see how all of these stories come together, either like actually come together or thematically come together. Well, it's kind of interesting too because, like, it. I remember like Saga Frontier was the first game that did something like this that I recall. Only with the 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 stories could crisscross a bit more. You could recruit the other party. I I don't know if you can actually recruit the other party members depending on which campaign you do in this one but i know in saga frontier you can um but it's like you 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 do every different campaign it's sort of the something the saga series i think does in general but here it's 
each individual time, like you, like you said, you did, you already did the prehistoric boys campaign. So yeah. I get the feeling each campaign is shorter than your average game by a long shot. Um, oh yeah. But to that end, like I, I tried the ninjas uh, chapter first and I couldn't do any of the combat. Like I skipped the first guys and then I kept getting surprised by like the ninjas or Ronin throughout the, the, the level and everything, every, everyone was so much more powerful than my character. So I just had to use the hide ability and just sneak through and I didn't fight anybody. And the chapter ends without any sort of a boss fight, uh, for in the demo. And I'm just sitting there wondering like, did I, did I do this right? Did I screw myself <laughs> over? Like, did I do this wrong? And I, I have no idea because I haven't played any of the others. Um, I heard some people say the game's not that difficult. So maybe it's just that opening mission because it would make sense thematically. Your guy isn't an experienced ninja. He's still technically like a student. Um, yeah. So avoiding combat makes makes sense. Uh, but I'll have to see with the other with the other ones because honestly, that ninja chapter makes a bad first impression in that case. Um, well, it's and, and it's funny because like by the sounds of it, it sounds like it's doing what's intended. Because another thing that I'm noticing is that uh, each chapter, uh, your the character you're playing as or characters you're you're controlling have a unique ability and. Essentially, their whole their whole campaign is built around it. At least that's what I learned with the uh, uh, with the with the caveman prehistory one. Because um, he, I, I, I couldn't tell what he was doing whenever I would press the button. But he was actually <laughs> like sniffing the air. Um, oh, because you know, six, sixteen bit sprites. He's sniffing the air, and what it does is it creates clouds on the screen, and that means that those are things that you that you're sensing. So you walk up to those clouds and you get a little a little indicator sprite over your head that shows like, okay, this is what you're tracking right now. Um huh. so so with with the ninja being able like to to hide uh, and all the enemies being difficult, that sounds like what, what the game is trying to do is like you like in order to get through, you have to use your ability. Fighting isn't necessarily what you need to do. But there's a lot of combat if you want with the with the prehistory one in the distant future one. I've only encountered one. I've only encountered combat in a very specific part. Otherwise, it's really a walking simulator. (laughs) And that's and that's what has me fascinated because it's like. If if I was playing this, like it, it does take me back to the '90s. If I was experiencing this on the Super Nintendo, I would have been like, "Man, this is so cool!" But like, you know, whatever I see, you know, gone home on the PlayStation, I just, I just want to, I just bash it into the dirt. It's like, man, that's not even a game. Whenever you interact with any of the objects, you just end up throwing them. You can't just put them down because it's you're not programmed to do so. So like. I can't. I yeah. mean, I, I never played that game, so I can't say one way or the other. It's bad. Anyway, I do know what remains of Edith Finch is pretty good, and that's technically a walking simulator. Um, it's on Game Pass, by the way. It is. Um, but no, the the only thing that I would say because it seems like this game did well outside of Japan, 
but within Japan, it's evidently sold the lowest of the HD 2D games released so far. Really? And it actually sold less in the time frame than Live Alive on the Super Nintendo originally did. Or Super Famicom, I should say. Um, maybe that's because, you know, in Japan, this is already a well-known game kind of a thing. Or, who knows, it could be marketing, it could be something else. But the rest of the or world, you know, it's like... Just like- or maybe it's just straight up HD 2D in, in Japan with some voice acting and it's like it doesn't add anything. So people are probably not not looking to get it. Whereas like we didn't get it. So what we have now is way better than nothing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I look at this and it's like this is what I want Super Nintendo remakes to be of, of JRPGs. Like, dude, I want new JRPGs to look like this. This is what I, I want dude, side scrollers to look like this. I man. Want fu- like, dude, I want Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest to go back to this. Like, screw 3D graphics, screw cutscenes, screw all that fancy stuff. Go back to this, man. Like, let's just do HD 2D Final Fantasy 17. Who cares about the fancy stuff? Make it more cheaply. I, I, I said make it that good. Last time. Last time we talked about that, I said that. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you are right. Yeah, because like, dude, that that would be that would be killer. And, and hey, maybe who knows? Maybe they'll give Final Fantasy Tactics this kind of treatment. That would be cool. Um, they probably won't. Because they probably won't. Square but... doesn't. Or if they do, they're gonna screw it up horribly because Square can't help themselves. Um, <laughs> uh, I know it's funny. After we had all this, like now we are talking about a Square Enix game, but I know. then I forget. <laughs> Like, evidently, there's an insider from Crystal Dynamics or something like that that was like, yeah, I heard, like, you know, Sony was looking to buy Square Enix and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? Maybe Square Enix really is trying to preen themselves to look good for Sony's money because I just, I don't know anymore. I really oh, wow. don't. You don't want to Hollywood it up Final Fantasy game? You mean Forspoken? Uh, pl- uh sure. Well, I sure want Forspoken, so, you know. You, you would. Leave me up later. <laughs> but oh, yeah. all right. Um Live Alive. It I'm I'm loving it so far. It, or Live Alive, sorry. It's it is a cool game that I I don't I can't say it'll be a consistent experience from start to finish, but I am fascinated. And this is like the first HD two D two D game that I played. Definitely gonna play Dragon Quest three HD two D when that comes out because that also looks baller as hell. Yeah. Check like check out check out Live Alive. It is cool. It is really cool. I'm sorry, Phantom Aceus. Uh Final Fantasy VII live action adaptation would not have Tom Holland playing every character. It would have to <laughs> at least have Chris Pratt and The Rock. And they will be playing Eris and Tifa respectively. Aerith. I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt you. In Japanese they say Erisu, which you know the, look it's planet, planet Zebeth. Zebus, eh, eh? Have I broken your mind? No, because I've already talked about this, and I can understand that being why people <laughs> would choose to make it Aerith. Um, okay, hear, hear me out, hear me out. Oh, no, I don't want to hear nothing out. I already switched the screenshots. I'm my turn to monologue. Even, <laughs> not that it say, isn't always my turn to monologue. Per Phantom Aceus, that imagine the, like, Inception or whatever, of Tom Holland in drag playing Tifa and Aerith, and then also playing Cloud, who then has to get in drag for the Don Corneo scene. Like, there's like Tom Holland is also Don Corneo. And Tom Holland is also Don Corneo. (laughs) 
Maybe that's a Danny DeVito. That's a Danny DeVito cameo. Danny uh, DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito with Sephiroth. Come on, you would. <laughs> oh man, they, I'm they taking would, this no, planet. Sephiroth back, would be clown. way less fitting. No, you, you know what? Uh, what's his name? Um, Charlotte Johansson and Sephiroth is Sephiroth. No, because that would actually look appropriately hot. Like, no. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like Sephiroth is already hot. You put Scarlett Johansson in that and it's still hot. Like, how are you like never mind? Um Clip that. So, clip that by the way. Clip oh yeah, yeah, let's clip that. Clip that. Uh you can clip it. Um so I'm going to discuss AI the Somnium Files Nirvana Initiative, but not too much. Because at some point, Asuna and I will be doing a spoiler cast on this. Um, I just want to, I just want to say some things because I had to be careful with screenshots too. It's like, what screenshots can I take that won't be? Because this this is something she and I both winning. Like we watched the teaser trailer, and I think we both watched the first trailer, and after that, we were like, right, we're just you know going in blind. We're going in blind to this. We don't want to know anything so they kept releasing you know features trailers and other stuff like that we we're like nope not gonna know not gonna find out everything's gonna be a surprise and it was mostly um this game is i feel like a great way to do a sequel even though at first it felt like not and not that it felt like a bad way to do a sequel either it just it's very clear they're using a lot of the same assets they're making some minor additions to the engine for additional gameplay mechanics. And it's mostly a story that seems a lot more straightforward in the beginning. And so as I was playing, I was like, okay, this is a good continue, a good continuation, but is it a a necessary continuation? Now the wise thing they did was it does not like, the the case is unrelated to the case from the first game. Um, and they say that in the very beginning. And in order to see if you're actually familiar with the first game, they ask you a bunch of questions in the beginning. All it does is determine a few things that I don't even know. Um, Phantom Aceus, there's a giant cookie because you dive into people's dreams in these games. Uh, you do navigation into people's psyche in order to find out information. And that's part of what makes it really fascinating um now at the same time i wish i could talk more about all of the ways in which the motifs of nirvana initiative come together greatly and also this is again by the same guy that did the nine hours nine persons nine doors uh the nonary games game so like virtue's last reward um, but this is better than those. Like his AI series are better than those games. Um, the mechanics, what there are of them, are better. The puzzles are better. The characters are so much better. Um, I will say they kind of give a couple excuses for why characters are still around or why they look like they do. That's kind of bullcrap. Um, <laughs> but in the end, like you, you stop thinking about it real quick because at the same time, those characters aren't like the prominent ones. They're not the focus. It's a 
So, like, in terms of game mechanics, it's definitely familiar. And in terms of a lot of the character arts, it was very familiar. But at the same time, there is a lot new here, especially in terms of the narrative. And it's like, it is written by that director. Um, and so he just does a... Like, he knows how to take... Like, like just start with basic, simple motifs... And work them into a full-blown narrative that just, it, it feels so tightly knit. Um, so, like, okay. I didn't know I liked visual novels, even after I played uh, Phoenix Wright a long time ago. Um, then I played things like 428 Shibuya Scramble. I played uh, Danganronpa, the first one. But this, like, the first Eye of the Somnium Files was the game that really define like like confirmed for me i do like visual novels if they're done well and this is probably like some of the best you can get at the same time like visual novels it's like a point and click adventure or a walking simulator where the actual mechanics are very minimal it's some puzzle solving it's not always very complex puzzle solving um it is still pretty darn anime so if you have zero tolerance for anime, you're going to play this. And you're like, dude, this bro, this is weird. Or dude, <laughs> bro, why, why do so? Like, why, why does your boss have her boobs hanging out? Like, you're going to think that. Um, you're going to wonder why people reference porno mags in the way that they do, or some of the other absurd, real stretch of the uh, the dirty humor. But at the same time, dude, it's just. So good, so well-written, so funny at a lot of times. It's definitely going to be one of my favorite games this year. Um, nice. I will say the only downside is because it's the sequel, even though it surprised me, it was still more of what I could have come to expect. So it is that sad situation where they did a really good sequel by doing the, by evolving the story, evolving the setting and exploring different things in the first, uh, the first game did. But at the same time, it's still within the now established realm of expectation. They didn't really subvert anything and you shouldn't have to for a sequel, right? You shouldn't have to subvert expectations every time or something, but it's, familiar and that's one of the things that's always going to be a shame for a game like this a sequel can be as like as good as a sequel can be it could be as good as the first game but if that first game was unexpected then any sequel that stays true to the first will in some ways remain familiar um if that makes sense and to answer mr phantom Asius, i have not tried higurashi I know it. about it. My brother's watched the anime. Um, he's told me a lot about it. I don't think I'd be able to stomach it. Um, be it the anime. Well, I mean, given the content of the anime, probably not the visual novel either. Is that the one with the fingernails? Fingernail? Thing? I don't know, but there's a lot of like very, very violent, painful, tortuous, tortuous things. Um, and I know that it's to a point. Like, my brother described some of it to me, like, where one of the seasons, evidently, a lot of people don't like as much because it's 
quote unquote less interesting. And my brother's sitting there like, nah, man, this is this like they they deserve this now. They deserve this less interesting after all the horrifying crap. They deserve this now. So that's what I know about Higadashi. I will probably not be able to stomach ever watching it myself, so I doubt I'll watch it or play it. Um, I did realize I had Steins Gate on my uh, Steam, so I need to get to that soon. Um, hey. But uh, that's enough of me rambling about Nirvana Initiative. There will probably... And actually, there's probably going to be a spoiler cast for a few things, because next week I should be ready to do a Cyberpunk one. So hopefully Steve, Zach, and I will be able to do a Cyberpunk spoiler podcast next week. Um, I feel like there is another game coming up that we might be able to do one up for, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm for Cyberpunk. Yeah, I, I will definitely not be there for that but i uh but what i can contribute i can contribute now and that is my friend's experience with cyberpunk oh boy his original ps4 died um so he got a ps4 pro goes to install the game and the install disc crashes the install (laughs) disc crashes i repeat the install (laughs) disc is what crashed well it's more functional now this was a week ago. Well, not a week ago. This is like a couple of weeks ago. Well, I, there's something else wrong because I, I, in like <laughs> December of 2019 or whatever it was, this game came out. Not 2019, whatever, 21. I can't, I don't do math. 2020? December 2020. 2020. Yeah, 2020. I installed it on my PS4 Pro from a disc copy and it didn't like brick my PS4 or anything. So, oh, yeah. It's like, and I know that happened to other people. I mean, like, I know that that's, that's the case for other people, but it's like, all right, I'm, I'm finally going to play it. And then it won't let them. <laughs> I mean, I'm still getting thing. I'm still getting small little glitches. So the game's not fixed. The game's not good now, quote unquote, but it's better. And that's the best you can give. Anyway, now for a cyberpunk game that is better and is fixed and is mostly complete. Stray, why don't you tell us about this? I thought nobody here was going to be able to talk about it. Actually, I'm going to be honest. I I thought about like sharing stuff with you about it. But I wasn't sure given recent events if that was a good idea or a bad idea. Like on one hand, it it, it could help. On the other hand, it could really not help. So I was not sure. Yeah, so Stray is a really interesting game. Um, it is, I think, at its core, it's well, it's not what I kind of hoped it was, but I'm still liking it quite a bit. What I was hoping this game was going to be was basically like a serious take on the Untitled Goose game, like. You are a cat and you do cat things. And by doing these cat things, you make it through this dystopian, you know, future cyberpunk robot city kind of thing. Um, But pretty early on, I don't think this is a spoiler. uh, You get a sort of robot companion who talks to you and translates things for you. And you have conversations with, you know, all of the different denizens of this underground city through your robot companion. And what it really turns into is sort of an old-fashioned point-and-click adventure game. 
with some action sequences. And the it's it's one of those games that what makes the game great isn't the gameplay or necessarily it's it's the it's everything around your interactions it's the subtleties it's the 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 animation the level of detail and thought that went into each aspect of this um you know it's the little things like the robot who has a guitar and you bring him sheet music and he plays different songs depending on what sheet music you bring him and you can curl up on a little pillow next to him while he plays guitar and it's just you know is there anything incredible about that from a technical perspective no but the artistry that went into designing this encounter is excellent. And that's that's kind of, I think, at its core, what really makes the game work. It also sounds, like, an, the, it sounds like an interesting juxtaposition as well. Because I've seen like a little bit, like I've seen how the game begins and I've seen some of how it plays. And it feels like one of the most oddly comforting cyberpunk dystopian settings ever like clearly you know everyone's they, all the humans are dead like again that's not a spoiler either like all the humans are dead clearly and there's definitely a reason why and there's probably some kind of like message about like humans are destroying themselves or whatever in there but juxtaposed to that is this more wholesome story about a cat in a city helping robots and that's like the like that's not usually what you get out of cyberpunk that i'm playing no. cyberpunk 2077 is closer but not quite what you get out <laughs> of most cyberpunk like cyberpunk's not supposed to be if cyberpunk's like yeah. this is a cautionary tale and then everyone wants that to be what life is like everyone forgets the cautionary part and is like yo man that's awesome how can we get that like <laughs> that's usually cyberpunk that, and this is not like there's the cautionary yeah, element but that is basically i think that what is this game is at its core is hopeful and and that's uh, very unusual for cyberpunk that, and that is very yeah. unusual for for cyberpunk uh you know for this sort of setting and i haven't finished it yet i'm on chapter 10 out of 12 so i'm very close to the end i don't want to say too much about how the game develops the it's i feel like it is the kind of thing you could kind of speed run through and i've heard some criticism of the game as, as sort of being a walking simulator and i think eh. right if you have that sort of reviewer mindset of of like i just need to get to the end it's very short and I mean, if this there's... is a walking simulator, so is Portal, because this is a puzzle game and it's adventure. Like you, you solve puzzles, right? Right. Yeah, you solve like... puzzles. I think that the 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 puzzles on the critical path are a little bit simpler than the puzzles and exploration required for for getting everything. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, the. You know, to find all, like all the Easter eggs and right to find all eight pieces of sheet music to give the guitarist. 
is going to take more work than most of the the steps in your in the story. You know, that which is usually how games are. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, and so it, it it is interesting in that way. The I'm I'm still not sure how I feel about the what. I don't know how you would describe it. The action portions of the game. Yeah. From what I can understand, it's usually just run away from a thing. That's very right. And you, you do at some point get some offensive capabilities. It's, it's kind of hit or miss. There are, I will say, I think overall it's fun. There's a couple fun scenarios that are a mix of, there's a touch of survival horror in in sort of i guess maybe like just past the midpoint of the game that is kind of interesting and how they do it uh but yeah overall really solid game definitely recommend if you've got playstation plus there's absolutely no reason not to play it if you've got a weekend afternoon or evening free you can probably beat this in one sitting while getting a fair amount of the side content as well as the, the main story Okay. I mean, it does look I, That fun. sounds pretty neat. My Honestly, big thing yeah. is I'm waiting for it to be cheaper. I don't... I mean, it, it's one of those debates where, like, everyone's perspective on what is and is not worth the money is variable. And for me, I'm... And right now, especially, there aren't a lot of games I'm going to be spending a whole dollar for. Chris, um, my cat my cat just died. Look, so I'm not putting any... See, I'm sorry that happened. Well, again, that's, what, that's exactly cat. why... Yeah, you know, it's like it's even the same color as uh, Kizzy was. Um, Ooh, yeah. But that's the thing, like, it, that, uh, it's not as furry as Kizzy was, though. Not as furry. But no, that's 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 why I'm sitting there and I'm watching, like, uh, Skill Up, I think, reviewed the game, and I'm like, is this game just what Steve and his family need right now to to, to <laughs> grieve or is it if i say hey steve your cat just died why don't you you know warm your heart with this is he going to be like you insensitive jerk <laughs> it's like one of those things where i really like who knows it's a coin flip um how a serious question how do the kids handle like have they played the game at all like they're they've been watching me play right. um this is this has been the one where they're they're everyone's when I'm playing it, everyone's crowded around and offering oh, advice and feedback and all of that. So it is okay. a little bit. I mean, there's some scary moments uh, again in that that sort of mid mid to late game survival horror portion. Um, but the yeah, it's um, I think it's been overall that's been a fun aspect of it for me too. Is it right? Everyone's sort of been involved in playing it and and all of that. So. Yeah, I've been enjoying it a lot. All right, the last monologue game for the night is I'm not going to spend. I'm going to try and not spend too much time on it. Uh, Forgone, which I've been streaming. Um, figured I'd uh, just bring this up real quick because I've been enjoying it, but I realized why it's a good game, and I think it's definitely worth playing for people if you can. But it would also be one of those like, if this game shows up on Game Pass, that's the ideal. Uh, and not because of anything like game length or whatever. It's probably going to be about six to eight hours by the time I'm done with it. Um, but it's more, I realize it's, it, it doesn't pace itself too well. 
it's a lot of action. And the more that I think about it, it also uses a lot of the same enemies throughout. It relies heavily on the loot advancement for increasing power. And therefore enemies just get stronger and hit harder. So you got to advance your loot more kind of a thing. Now, fortunately I haven't really been forced to grind for loot or anything like that. Um, it's just the, through the process of playing through it. I've gotten what I need, been able to upgrade it, been able to maintain decently well enough. Um, and aside from one death, which revealed a sort of Dark Soulsian system where you lose your currency, but you can make a trade with the Reaper who will just give you half your currency back at that point. Or you can go back and get your own um, on your like all of it on your own. But it's for me, it's not really like it's tough. It's challenging, but it's not like super difficult. I said I only died the one time. The only other times I've died, I've been in uh, some of the optional challenges and that's mostly because i've run out of time like the optional challenges require you to like clear a stage in a set amount of time so decent combat um decent systems and everything like it's fun again but i realized that the reason i'm not absolutely in love with it is you don't have a lot of you you don't have puzzles to solve right you just go through from one area, like just combat to combat to combat to combat to combat. It's all combat. Take a mild little break in order to go and uh, upgrade your gear. And they go right back to combat, 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 combat. So it has in some of those options, like there are a couple missions designed with just, you know, avoid the ha like platforming, like avoid the hazards in mind. But that's only been like one or two. Most of them have just been, again, combat, 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 but with a time limit. So it's <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good game. It definitely is. And it's one that if you like this sort of action focused side scrolling uh, sort of Metroidvania. You'll like it. It is not your next, you know, Metroid or Castlevania or Hollow Knight addiction. It's, and it's definitely, again, like I mentioned that one element of Dark Souls it has, but it's not really a Dark Souls game. And it's also, again, like part of the thing with the Metroidvania and Castlevania, it's mostly colored loot, like Darksiders too, in that regard. So there's not really a, that much in a way of abilities that you get. And the world is very linear. You can warp back to prior levels, but it's not one big interconnected world that you discover shortcuts between. It's just go from start to finish and so good game but not great and so i look forward to finishing it uh, or rather continuing to play it on stream i should say man i can't wait to be done with this game <laughs> um but yeah. no like i can't I, I look forward to playing through it um and i'm curious if there's like a true ending for facing all the bosses in the optional missions um but it's it's like the, it comes with a limited recommendation um but i've been enjoying it and i'm looking at what i can play next and i'm hoping to play tunic on stream next uh for solo stuff because otherwise me and joey have been going through um halo and oh, yeah. we're going to Old have franchise baby yep let's go <laughs> we're, we're going to be finishing halo 2 up on tuesday 
and then moving on to the first level of Halo 3, and that should be an interesting back-to-back there. Oh, uh, I'm I'm ready to vomit. I'm just <laughs> so ready. You to know vomit. what the funny thing is, though. At the same, like I'm going to be honest. I don't think I've played Halo Three since I've played Halo Four and Five. But I do time. wonder if I will like Halo Three more now after having played Halo Four and Five. Like, will I know that it could be like? Will I now that I know that it could be worse? Will Halo Three, in retrospect, be better? Uh, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, I never hear anyone talk about, you know, Halo 3 story compared to four. Just normally people are like, oh, four is bad. But whenever I ask about Halo 3, they talk about the multiplayer and all the custom games and all that. They they don't really the, the last time I heard anyone talk about the story was the horrific Cortana chapter. Yes. Where it, where things just go really, really bad. Yeah, well, uh, nah, um, hmm. yeah, uh, that, but that's, that's during stream time. So Monday is Mario Kart Monday. Uh, those are always a good time. Um, uh, Steve, we got to get those jerks. Like they're days. releasing the new maps after Mario Kart Monday. How dare they? I know that's, that I do so need to get into Mario Kart Monday. Yes. Um, unfortunately, don't do what Sam does and get like your family on voice chat. His young, his brat of a son hears things he should not. Um, yeah, because we're all but, drinking. Yeah, uh, all, I know where I won't. I won't do that. We're all drinking. <laughs> we're all driving. But yeah, you should definitely. I mean, I keep putting the code up, so you should be able to just join one of these days. Um, even if you're not like watching the stream or into Discord, like just. Hop in, join us for like the two hours or so if you can, even if it's late, even if it's late. Hopefully you won't be uh, sent to the Shadow Realm like Misfit is all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you uh, get in on that Mario Kart Monday. Um, it is Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, USA time, which, yeah, Phantom Aceus, uh trust me, I know how... Under, underserved a lot of uh, European viewers are across a lot of things when it comes to stream times. I yeah. feel like I feel like someone could make a killing if they were capable of streaming earlier in the day for Europe. But unfortunately, I have a day job. Um, but uh, with that all said, um, then there is again Tuesday, 8 o'clock EST, Halo, um, and then we will be doing hopefully Cyberpunk next Thursday. I think Forgone's probably going to be next Friday. So technically, I already have next week's schedule up in my head, just not fully printed. Um, and then you can also check out RamblePack64.com. I have been regularly updating. I think I got myself a formula. Mondays are the piece by piece series where I just break down one game across multiple entries. Our inaugural, uh, inaugural, our first, um, <laughs> I don't think inaugural actually means first. I think it means like first year, first annual, but our first uh, piece by piece is Elden Ring. Um, where I'm finally going to stop like uh, stroking its ego and start talking about some of its more bigger issues. Um, I, I've liked to think I've been more, I've been fair. I like to think I've been fair about the game, talking its benefits and its detriments. I you will know, we, say we definitely ripped it apart. We did during bit, our podcast. Um, but like 
it was out of love, you know. We're like, listen, we love you. You, you got these things wrong, but we love you still. Yeah. But I do think I've been doing because I've got what do I have the foundation it's been built on, which is that of all the Soulsborne Sekiro games. I've got the open world that I looked at. Um, and then I had combat this week. And next week I'm going to be talking about uh, on Monday, I'm going to post about the dungeons and the monsters and bosses and stuff like th those are what I'm going to be discussing. And that's again where it's like it's good, but it's bad. Um and what I'm going to discuss after that, I don't know. It might just be like, hey, here's everything else I can think of. Um, but then I definitely plan to do a cyberpunk piece by piece. And we'll have to see after that. Who knows? Um, but then I've also got every Wednesday I'm posting something. Like the one week was the Exo Primal. I just did a Ghost in the Shell standalone complex review. Um, and then this week was me talking about Masters of Doom. So I've, I've been Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Fridays are the, the audio only portion of the podcast with some extra text that I usually fill in that underneath. So the blog's been faithfully updated for a bit. www.ramblepack64.com, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those are my attempted updates. And then um, you can also follow me on twitter.com slash ramblepack64. I don't really post a lot of major stuff um mostly it is just me posting what i've written lately uh every once in a while i'll throw something up there but it feels a bit weird to do that when you don't have a lot of followers uh but yeah i mean if you follow you'll be able to at least treat it like an rss feed right um or i will also say if you are on twitter i mean if you're going to be there then follow me if but otherwise get off of twitter like, yeah, seriously, get get off of. That. I mean, you could follow me too, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it. And that's Twitch. <laughs> well, that's Twitch.tv or Twitter.com/slash/airapparent310. Oh yeah. So yeah, um, do that if you want. Uh, as far as Twitter goes, it, you know, it's uh, yeah. Th Twitter doesn't like me too much. <laughs> Don't follow yeah. Steve because he has a family. He's already married. Don't follow him. What's us follow him. He's Which... a good guy. <laughs> but all right. Uh, no, that should be a wrap of the show. And so thank you, of course, uh, Joey and uh, Steve. Jose and Steve. I should call you Jose more. I mean, they're both my name. You know? I know. <laughs> you can call me Joey, Jose, Yosef, Giuseppe. But you ain't Italian. Gi Giuseppe is going to be for Italians. Yeah. In my I mind, mean, at least. I, yep. It's Mediterranean either way. Um, but yeah, thank you guys both. And of course, uh, Mr. Phantom Aceus, AV Hobbies. Uh, I think there was someone else in there. No, no, just Phantom Aceus and AV Hobbies in the chat. Thank you guys. Um, especially Phantom Aceus. You stayed up late to, to, to hang out with us. So thank you yes, very much you. for that. Uh, Y'all are beautiful. For anyone else that watched and tuned in, thank you very much. I hope you guys all have yourselves a great weekend. Hopefully going to see you next week for more cyberpunk discussion here we go. Let's see if we can keep that one under two hours. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, everybody have yourselves a good night. Drink water. Brush your teeth. Wash right. your face. Shower. All these Eat things. Eat your veggies. Bye.